Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> 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 my poor oh head. My oh, my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, is that it? Oh, Claudie. Oh my god, I, no wonder you have a weak hip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you think it's the bed? No, I was just, I've just been sitting in one spot for ages. <laughs> is your bed? <laughs> yeah, it's very. Oh, it's like a water bed. <gasps> G'day. <laughs> Welcome to 30 Flirty Perishing with the marvelous, mystique, magical. <laughs> Sophie Lyons. We call Mystique. <laughs> and me, Clara Kavna. It's a brunch table kind of a chat every week. Or I think like, you know, in the winter months, it's like a couch. Will you come over to mine for a cup of tea? Could be cosy. Yeah, yeah. And you go over after work, you're wearing your gym gear, even though you didn't go to the gym. And you're oh. calling over to, no. And you're calling over, they, they've got the kettle on, the sweeties bought. I'd love some celebrations right now. Mm. Yeah. Are you watching um, what are you doing? Kardashians? <laughs> Kardashians. Yeah. They're all really boring, aren't they? Mm. And it's just the Kim show. Like, it's like, Kim's amazing. It actually is. And Chloe's like, I'm so obsessed with her. And I'm like, mm. and it's like, Kim is, and she's like, I work hard. I'm a workaholic. All I do is work. Work, fashion, work, work, work. Work, fashion, work, work, work. It just makes me really uncomfortable. The amount of fucking private jets and they glamorize them. And they're just so bad for the environment. Here I am, recycling my fucking innocent juice bottle trying to do my bit i tried to get rid of styrofoam today and honestly i i kind of spilled it everywhere and you know when it gets a bit magnetic i honestly look like i was trying to be a sn- dress up as a snowman because all in the name of recycling and here's fucking How kim kardashian on kim air filling the atmosphere with loads of carbon and i'm stuck in london going with styrofoam and little packaging noodles trying to do my bit not fair well i think they get a lot of hate for that don't they they better shame 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 fly economy it's not that hard i'm first class like no one's gonna care it's not a status symbol anymore they should be shamed out of doing it it's ridiculous yeah any sorry i I apply that to all well you know for that big eco thing it was about a climate thing they all got private jets to it maybe that's my test i mean it's a good one yeah, so actually, no, that's my test. I fucking hate them. You're listening to all this content about the state of our planet and then I'm watching an episode of the Kardashians with Kim and her big massive sunglasses going down to Miami for 24 hours just for a night. And it's like... It's just it's like, infuriating. It's infuriating. I just wish... I wish we just shamed more celebrities for doing it. So maybe out of like the 100 trips they take that year, 50 of them are only on the private jet. They did do. They did this amazing list where it was like the all the celebrities who were the biggest 
it was like the top 10 chart of all the biggest polluters and Kim was up up there Taylor Swift was up there and they all came back and was like oh other people use our jets so it's like it's not just us we just own them or whatever and we lease them out bullshit 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 you own a polluter it's infuriating what's the point what's the point I'm rinsing out my soup every lunchtime washing it so all the little soup yeah. shit gets off it I'm leaving it dry and I'm recycling it yeah. I try to do my best all the time I, and I love the feeling of uh, recycling I must say you just feel really like I've I, like I hate throwing paper in a bin I'm like allergic to it so I just wish people were a bit more like conscious about it because like Greta Thunberg didn't go to that COP27 in Egypt because she was like it's total greenwashing we meet every people all the countries of the world meet every year and to talk about how well they're doing, but no one's actually doing anything. It's just now turned into box ticking. Especially, you know, when you see someone like your own age that you like, yeah. they don't know what they're doing with recycling. Yeah. Someone I know shame, shame, shall shame. remain nameless. Mm. There was like a bottle of like, not sweet and sour, sweet chili. Mm. And it was finished. Mm. But the remnants are still there. Mm. And this person went to the bin. It wasn't James. It oh, she wasn't. <laughs> I want to make sure it wasn't James. I was literally pointing to the door being like, was it James? <laughs> it was James. No, it wasn't James. This person went to the bin and put it in the recycling. <gasps> I proceeded to take it out and I lifted it up and I was like, what do you think you're doing? You can't recycle sweet and sour sauce or sweet and chili. And they said, what? And I was like, you're putting that in recycling and there's chili sauce It'll all rot. over it. You fool. Rinse it out and put it back in. And then they actually made a joke and were like, I was testing you and well done. That's exactly what But it, seriously, yeah. I cannot bear when people can't recycle. Like how how thick can you be in this day and age to not know to put something in the recycling bin? It's uh, like we've been le- learning this or being told this for years and years and years. And you just, it has to be clean, dry and separate. That's what it needs to be. What gets me is like, I find people who speak about the environment, I find this rhetoric that they say, it's all like the world is ending, the world is ending, blah, blah, blah. I immediately tune out. I can't listen to, I don't listen to what, what Greta Thunberg says or Leonardo. When it's too upsetting. When, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about how many polar bears are now you're drowning because all the ice is melting. Because I'm trying. And I also find like, it's such a bad from a PR point of view, the climate's like, it's, it has to go into like a shame avenue. So I just find it like, as, as a recycler or as, as a citizen of the world, I find that very hard to listen to. Like, I can't, li- I can't listen to it, but I want to help. If that makes, I don't know if that makes well, sense. Well, because it's very upsetting. It's so depressing. And you're like, I'm trying here, so I can't listen to the... How bad it is. Because and it's no too upsetting. And no one talks about how good it is. Like I thought, I heard a few years ago that they had invented this uh, enzyme in Japan. And it, it it was an enzyme that can eat plastic. So I was like, great, job done. Ten, five, ten years, it'll be sorted. No, no, no. What I found out is in this Pacific Ocean, whatever way the currents flow in the Pacific, there's basically like a floating mass of garbage and there's seven of them and they're like acres wide and they're Why just all all the all the rubbish from the water all just like they all kind of merge together and just float around like a fat burger like a fat burger but it's like of rubbish and there's seven of them in the pacific is the plant the enzyme not eating it why won't they, the, 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 maybe it's still in testing. I don't know. I like You know I've what they done... should do? They should pick it up with a crane and put it into the polluters back gardens. Yeah. 
Because it's like the people who care. It's like that saying, the people that matter don't mind and the people who mind don't matter. Is that who it's that's fr- about? I thought that was about... It's, it, no, it's from like a graduation speech. <laughs> in Laguna Beach. <laughs> those who mind won't matter and those who matter won't mind. I thought that was like, go do your bit, like get your dreams because like in the end, like people aren't going to, you know, your close ones to you are going to support you with that. No. It's if the- you have to spend time away from them and stuff like that to get your dream. No, it's like the people that matter don't mind, so the cool people don't care. So that's yeah, basically a dig at the popular kids. It, it was like a little nerd. Go back and watch it. It was the class valedictorian. I that thought that was show. about chasing your dreams. She oh, took that from like Eleanor Roosevelt or something. She didn't make yeah. that up. A side yeah. note. Yeah. You know the way Stephen Coletti and Kristen Cavallari have a podcast? They're going through old Laguna mm. Beach episodes. Lauren has just oh, come on no, one. that's my door. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go on. Damn it. It was only released. I was listening to it way here. I thought you were going to be flabbergasted. I'm so sorry. James was listening to it this morning. (laughs) Oh, anyway, I was listening. Sorry. Adoring it. Oh, my God. Three titans of the noughties. To, oh my god and they're so like we were bitches to each other yeah sorry like oh so sound i never thought i'd I, i've never actually in my life and i'm like the biggest more so the hills but laguna beach lauren conrad fan anyone who knew me when i was like 21 i was like honestly obsessed didn't was, you like go to all the spots in la trying to find her yeah and I saw Cruz coming out of her house. I also took a photo of a toilet she peed on. Yes, in you said this, I think, a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also said, my sister Sophie is probably screaming this at her speakers, but I said to my cousin once, I can't wait to tell my children about people like Obama and Lauren Conrad. <laughs> so yeah, I was obsessed. So to hear Lauren talk so freely and friendlily to her arch, arch nemesis is unbelievable. They're like friends. James had such a depressing slant on it. He was um, like, oh, it's so depressing. They're just so old. I was like, you honestly need to get a grip. They're like in their 30s and they're just mature and have like a few kids. So they're like, sorry, that was such garbage. Yeah. All they're doing is like basically poo-pooing the show and giving like background insights. It's unreal. The... the Jesus God, they had it all. God, they really had them under their thumb. There was no protection at that point either. No, because it was like reality TV was just starting then. They were reality TV. Mm. But it's like real, like the biggest early noughties to mid noughties feud. But it went on. It went on and on and on. But like the the behind the scenes stuff is really interesting. So we'll link it in the show notes so you can have a listen. I need to listen to it. But like the the timeline of things is very different to what went on screen. Because they said it was squashed by the time they went to film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Lauren says how she, so they come to the school and they're like, okay, we want people. And then Lauren describes the moment that that her and Lowe were picked for it. It's so good. Oh, I can't wait to listen. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, I just, but it's so weird because... We're so used to seeing them as such mortal enemies that it's so weird hearing them all talk so like nicely to each other. What's Stephen like? Is he just like, he's yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's so odd though. Yeah, he just seems like a bit of a drip. But what I think is hilarious, what I think is amazing about it is just from a Lauren Conrad ride or die, is that like she's never, ever spoken publicly. Verging on the Beyonce, I don't want to be interviewed about anything to do with 
Lauren Hill, or sorry, anything to do with the Hills, or that that kind of thing. It's like, okay, are you bigger than this? It's the basis of your career. Come on, like talk about it. So I love like her first time ever speaking about it, and like since the show finished, was on her enemies, well, old enemies podcast. So I think that's like. Has she never spoken with it? Rarely. No, no, she'd avoid all of it. I remember her saying, though, when they were like, oh, Spencer called you and said, sorry, like, that's nice. And she was like, I have to be honest. I wasn't on the other end of that phone call. She has given dribs and drabs. Dribs and drabs. But, like, this is, like, a full-blown 40-minute interview. Do you still stand her? No, no, I've grown out of that obsession. It was replaced by um, Beyonce. Is it still Beyonce? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was listening to that Trevor Nelson today. I think that'll be that's... the last time I listened to it. I've listened to it about five times now. I've listened to it twice. Yeah. It's still kind of tragic. So I haven't listened to the end of it. Because oh, no, I fell asleep. The end. They I do. fell asleep. I think maybe I remember it now. Oh no, I won't remember it. The ending's really good because they do Glastonbury. Oh no, I did hear that. And they do Cuff It. No, I did. They might play one little small song and then Cuff It and then... I just thought the way they thought they spoke about like, you know, the more, the old, not the elder, the more famous and successful she got... Mm. You know, you never hear from her. Yeah, but then I think... Yeah, because everybody just wanted to know about Jay-Z. But I think, similar to what Serena Bellissimo was saying in our episode about um, celebs, the less you know about a person, the more of a star they become. Um. So she was saying about, like, Meryl Streep and uh, George Clooney and Tom Hanks, the less you know about their personal life, the more you'll believe them in their roles. So I think an element of that is to Beyonce, but also I think it's like it makes her word, I think to an extent that that really applies. But in terms of her world, when she speaks, then we all listen. It's not like you constantly have access to her. It's like an exclusivity thing. I find a lot of the stuff very contrived. Oh, it's hugely contrived. Just kind of her Instagram. I'm like, that's not you putting that up. It's not you. That's been planned for months. Yeah, and work. It should be, say, run by Beyonce team. Parkwood Entertainment. This isn't Bay. No, but then, where I'd argue that point is, you don't get it on her social media. You don't get it in the interviews, but you get it in a live show. Yes, okay. Yes, you couldn't agree with me more. <laughs> I agree, Sophie, thank you. But, Great like, point. I just think, oh, I don't know, that wasn't a real baby bump. I think that's where this is coming down to. Okay. <laughs> we should do, a, like, diva episode. We should do world's best divas okay who's your favourite diva on three I'm not going to tell you because we're going to do an episode on it oh shit I'm going to write it in my notes okay so that's my Jador test done (laughs) so what what, you choose Jador or test. which would you prefer oh Oh, right my test is really quick I just have a bit of a sore hip (laughs) I went to my physio and she basically, in a nutshell, said I had a very weak right bum. Are you right footed? Um, she just said my like hip is compensating for a weak glute on that side. And so oh. I need to really strengthen my bottom. <laughs> oh, your little bottom. My body tops. Your little tushy. Yeah, so she said this is all very tight. And so I have a sore hip. Oh, we need to get you doing some glutes. I know. You need a Beyonce arse. That's what you need. You know... Or J-Lo I don't think I want that. It's beautiful, don't get me wrong. Beautiful bum. Mm. It's not my vibe. A big arse isn't your vibe. No, I'm not into <laughs> the big arse. Anyway, that's my chatest short and sweet. My um, hip. And I just hate doing repetitive exercises like a militant. 
which is what oh. I have to do to strengthen my bum. I hate when they give you exercises and they're and like, have you been doing it? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you, you clearly haven't. She did it to me. I got basically the same thing at one point during the haze of COVID. And I went to her and she was like, you need to be doing these basically every morning. <laughs> and it was a half an hour. Oh, I don't have the time. But I don't have the attention span for that. I really don't. I really did try. Mm. But it's too long. I'd rather someone with me do it. Yeah. Like someone telling me and then kind of chatting. Like I love to chat. <laughs> so then she's given me 10 minute ones because she knew I my attention span. Have I done them? No. Do I t- intend to? Yes. Yeah. But then it's better she knows that, okay, well, a 10 minute one, she'll do it rather than a 30 minute At one. least I'm not lying. I just want to rub down, to be honest, when I go in there. I'm just like, just loosen me out. Have you gone to one properly? Physio, no. Only for, like, an oh. injury. <gasps> I urge you. It's like the nose waxing. Shout out to some listeners who nose waxed this week. P.S. It's home. A, it's home. home. In their nose home. waxing. It's sweeping the nation. <laughs> Thank, thanks to Clara and my recommendation. There are And my mom. <laughs> And Annie was a tra- we were the trailblazers. Annie picked it up. Annie picked up that blade. Yeah, she picked up that cotton cotton bud with a load of wax on it. She did and put it right up those she those nostrils. Today, it's sweeping the nation, and people are literally going around whispering about it, talking about it to their, to their neighbours, whistling about it with their nose. They're like. <laughs> Speaking of, I actually need to get mine done soon. Okay, Jador. Um, my Jador is, have you watched Top Boy? No, and do you know what? I th- I thought I missed the boat in that. Yeah, I definitely did. Like 500 years later, the party as per with television. Recommend. And it's like all in London. It's all in Hackney. Broadway Ooh. Market. Haggerston. It's everywhere. It's very gruesome in parts, but it's like, there, you keeps you on your toes. It's like about gangs, drugs, London. Yeah. What channel is it on? Netflix. Side note. It had two seasons and then it didn't get picked up for a third. I think it was a Channel 4. And then Drake saw it and no! got it restarted. So there's another two series after that. Uh, oh, good fair play to you, Drake. Yeah, Share so some of your money. I'm loving that. So I'll, I'll be watching a bit of that then. There's a really good BBC show called Starstruck with Rose... Ro, Ro, Rose... Rose Matafeo. She's from New Zealand. She won... Rose Matafeo? Yeah, yeah. She won the Edinburgh Fringe, like... The overall prize, I think, the year before COVID, and she has a show on BBC iPlayer called Starstruck, and it's like the reverse of Notting Hill. It's like not, it's, so it's inspired by Notting Hill. I you meet what a celeb. She meets a celebrity, much like Notting Hill, and it's a series about. What do you mean? It's the reverse. The man is famous, and she's the pleb. <gasps> oh, based so, in London. So it, that's where I'm talking about. Sorry, it's based where I used to live. So like, she's in the flower. She, she works in a flower shop, and I was like, that's my flower shop. Like she's cycling around delivering and like you could see her apartment in one of the episodes. What's it on? BBC. BBC iPlayer Starstruck. I'll be watching that now. That sounds very good. This week we had something that we actually thought we might do it last week. But last week was 11-11 all over. Mm. We hope you made your wishes, PS. (laughs) And you're manifesting. But while it was still fresh in our heads and there's loads of these kind of events coming up, we thought it was the perfect time to do it. Sorry, with the last week, Guy Fawkes happened and there was all these bonfires everywhere and fireworks. And I was like, what the hell is I do it every year though, right? Where it rolls around people like, bonfire night, yeah, like Guy Fawkes. And I'm like, 
what is it? And yeah. a lot of people don't know what it is. It's yeah. an English thing. But I don't like not knowing what something is like mm. that. I like to get to the root. Mm. I love a Google. Mm-hmm. So I know what's going on. But it made no sense to me why then people would celebrate with a bonfire. Mm. Because of the story around it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what we're doing this week is Clara and I have independently picked a few holidays feast days etc mm-hmm. we've kept religion out of it because mm-hmm. we're not those girls or don't want to be this week and we have gone in to explore them and try and, bre- and trying to break them down for ourselves so we can understand what some people are celebrating and mm-hmm. maybe understand those people a bit more yeah. just sort of clear the air around this confusion to provide a bit of history as well behind some days that you're like what why why is this a thing and I would like to point out that this sort of storytelling and cutting edge research and cutting out research is what they should have done in schools yeah. for leaving cert. Yeah. Why was I learning like, you know, the le- learning you did before, like first and second year mm. being like, hello, I'm Tom and I'm a squire in medieval England. <laughs> that is the history. I'm not joking. I didn't understand an ounce of history for the leaving cert and I did it as a subject. nothing made sense to me this is the sort of stuff you should be doing it should be like this was the event this is what happened this is why it's celebrated and leave everything else out of it leave the squires out no no leave Tom in hello I'm Tom and I'm a squire (laughs) you know those ones what books did you have do you know the ones and it would be like in the first person describe your day to day as a squire in medieval England or oh to discuss the structure of a Roman house. Vestibule. <laughs> You'd be like, the vomitorium, <laughs> the patricians would eat too much and throw up in their after, which was such glamour on an eating disorder, oh. if you will. Yeah. Then there was like the solarium. Yeah. The tanning area. Like <laughs> yeah. that was fabulous. That's all we need to know. Mm-hmm. Obviously with Irish history, we need to know a bit more. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to know, like Boston Tea Party, I still don't know what it was. We could do a part two because there are many feast days I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Guy Fawkes. Yeah, what is it? No. <laughs> I've broken it down into six bullet points. Okay. Okay. Guy Fawkes. It's also known as Bonfire Night. That's the first point. Super easy. Mm. Second, it goes back to 1605. Okay. Wow. Bring yourself back to 1605. When Guy Fawkes, who was a member of the Gunpowder Plot. Now, Ooh. then I had to look up what the Gunpowder Plot was, which was a group of provincial English Catholics. So it essentially is kind of this whole thing of what he was trying to do was kind of against the Protestants. Anyway, he was arrested whilst guarding explosives that this group had placed beneath the House of Lords. They were essentially trying to assassinate King James I. Wow. So he was arrested for attempted assassination of King James I. So in celebration of the king surviving, people at the time lit bonfires around London. And then months later, this was marked as a public holiday because they did not succeed in assassinating King James the first, and they all lit bonfires in celebration. So it's celebratory. But they're celebrating the king being alive. The king. So it's not. Oh, it's the oh, failed assassination. Oh. Guy Fawkes. I thought Guy Fawkes was oh. celebrated. He's not. Oh, I. Well, yeah. It shouldn't he's be the called name. Guy Fawkes. It should be called the Savior of King James. It should be like King James the first. Be alive. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Because um, all I thought it was mean. a festival of anarchy. I think there's a... No, vehicle. sorry. So, the mask, the famous masks. Yeah. They're a symbol of resistance. Right. And the group, you know that group Anonymous that wear them? Mm. They're like hackers and stuff. They uh, adopted it from that. But those masks that you see are symbols of resistance. I really thought it was like people were... It was like an anti-monarchy thing. That's, that's what I thought. But then, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to celebrate. But that's my point. I'm like... If people taught history the way I just explained that, we'd know what the Boston Tea Party was. Yeah. Case closed. Case closed. Said and done. Um, On to you, Clara. Okay, well, this day goes back to 1857. And actually, the origins of it start from all over Europe, even before that. Even back to medieval times. This is... Gotcha. April Fool's. Um, (laughs) Oh, good one. Yeah, it's heavily disputed where it actually comes from. Is April Fool's an Irish thing? No, God, no. Well, oh. sorry, there's Irish versions of it, yes. There was one actually, in, just keeping on the London anarchy vibe. 1857, there was a ticket to washing the lions at the Tower of London. And loads of people bought tickets and it wasn't true. So you wash, washing... Wash the lions. The animals? Yeah. Why were there lions at, there? At the Tower of London. No, it was an April Fool's. That's absolutely gas. When was that? 1857. I love... You know when you go back that long ago, you don't think people then had any crack? Well... That's examples they of They did. Crack. And then there's a famous one, you know, the BBC one, when they announced that Big Ben's clock face was going digital. What? Yeah. When was that? In 1980. They tricked loads of people. That's a real famous one. Oh, God. Imagine a digital clock. But you see, like, in the 80s, you think we'd have flying cars in 20 years. So, like... You would be like, oh my but God. I still now think we'll have flying cars in twenty years. Pr- no, <laughs> some cars can drive themselves now. Oh, that's fair, actually. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, BBC were fucking killing it. So in nineteen fifty seven, they had the hoax of the spaghetti tree hoax. BBC broadcast a film in their Panorama Current Affairs series, showing Swiss farmers picking freshly grown spaghetti in what they called the Swiss spaghetti harvest. The BBC was soon flooded with requests to purchase the spaghetti plant, forcing them to declare the film was a hoax on the news the next day. So many people fell for it. But you would believe the BBC. I know, in 1957 as well. I love those hoaxes. But it goes so far, right, where genuine news that comes out on the 1st of April isn't believed. Oh, that's like once bitten, twice shy. Mm, so the in, public are wary. So in 1985, <laughs> so wary. So cautious. <laughs> In 1984, on April 1st, news that the singer Marvin Gaye was shot and killed the day before his 45th birthday by his father. Uh, loads of people didn't believe it, including like the Jacksons, Smokey Robinson. And uh, yeah, nobody believed it until it was like they had to get the phone call saying it actually happened. That's awful. I know. And then in Ireland, there was a tradition to entrust the victim with an important letter and to be given to a named person. That person would read the letter and ask the victim to take it to somebody else and so on and so on and so on. The letter, when opened, contained the words, send the fool further. <laughs> that to me sounds like a day in the life of an intern. And I, uh, as that sounds a former, like bullying. As a former intern, I take full offence to that. That's not funny. So yeah, and so yeah, basically the BBC fucking kills it. Classic. At, uh, Between that and Trevor Nelson. <laughs> I feel like I'm just a mouthpiece for the BBC. I'm happy to be that. And starstruck, actually. Oh, oh, and Lathood. Everything I've talked about recently has just been BBC. I love BBC. (laughs) 
Okay, go. My next one is also known as Turkey Day. Oh. Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. We're not American, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Irish people in general don't know what uh, Thanksgiving is. But we always would hear about it, I think, from television when we were younger. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a big one. Friends. Friends. We never really got it. And you would just get kind of like a little umbrella term of like, it's for giving thanks. And it's because it's not a set date as well. It was a bit confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So third, but we, third, third I think, Thursday. yeah. But like just, I think the only people who kind of might have gotten it were like who had American relatives and I didn't have that. Yeah, me neither. Equally, why would we need to know? Because we're not American. But I've broken it down because I also heard in a few years, like recently, there's a lot of controversy about the whole celebrating Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I've looked into that also. Ooh. So it's considered a classic slice of America. Oh. Started off with a poetic line. <laughs> but it is quite divisive um, in terms of colonialism and its whole legacy. Mm. So the supposed first event of Thanksgiving took place 1621 in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And like, I think all the imagery when I would be watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch would be pilgrims. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened was the settlers of this colony settled in this new area in a harsh winter. Mm. And then thanks to the help of the last surviving member of the Native American tribe. tribe. They used to live on the land. Basically, the pilgrims learned to grow corn and fish via them. Ah. So then when they received the food from these nearby, the nearby tribe, they had their first ever Thanksgiving in commemoration of this successful harvest. But I think when you break it down, it's like they came and settled on their land. Yeah, they, they, I'm sure they eventually killed those Native Americans. Well, yeah, it's like yeah. the last member of the tribe it's just all a bit fishy if you will yeah and then the biggest aspect of it is about the food so obviously we would hear about like thanksgiving dinner like it's a big deal for Mm. them oh it's making me hungry the food includes turkey stuffing squash corn sweet potatoes and cranberry sauce all native foods to the americas also pumpkins it has a different history it's not directly connected to thanksgiving but many thought it gained popularity during the civil war as a symbol of abolitionism as pumpkins were grown on small farms without slaves rather than the massive plantations. So I think the pumpkin is a positive thing. A from positive what I'm getting. Pumpkin. A positive pumpkin pot. <laughs> but now it's marked with commercialism, so Black Friday and the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And then the controversy. So if you think about it, it's basically acknowledging and celebrating the role of colonialism in North America and then the displacement and oppression of the Native Americans. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, so they're also saying that this is especially true because many in the US have this whole whitewashed, idealised view of the first Thanksgiving and it was a sign of friendship and peace and celebration Mm. between the pilgrims and the Native Americans. But it's actually overlooking how European colonisation saw massive amounts of death, as we were just saying. Yeah, from the other perspective, it's 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 horrific. And then injustice of the country's Native peoples. Mm. I actually saw a video on YouTube and it was this uh, woman talking about it's like cultural appropriation of its worst yeah just like you don't think about the deaths that are involved and stuff yeah but i think as well with americans they say like happy holidays because obviously there's loads of jewish people there and they have hanukkah and then there's the christians who have christmas thanksgiving is the holiday that they can celebrate as americans it's just sadly built on the backs of a lot of death and oppression and genocide um anyway that's kind of the depressing side of thanksgiving so it really shouldn't be called Turkey Day. No. But I don't really have a say because I'm not American. Well. What? Let's change gear and celebrate. 
<laughs> okay. You with me? Yeah. <laughs> you shake your hips or the one hip. <laughs> I'll still shake them. They just hurt. <laughs> I'm and so sexy. It just hurts me more. <laughs> just I'm a little weak in the right hip. Cinco de Mayo. Isn't this really Americanized? Wait till you hear. So in Mexico on the 5th of May, they celebrate Cinco de Mayo and it commemorates the anniversary of Mexico's victory over the Second French Empire at the Battle of Puebla in 1862, led by General Ignacio Zaragoza. I thought, it, I thought it was a festival of the dead because I've seen that Disney film. Dia de los Muertos. The, oh, I'm getting that That's confused. in November, isn't it? I'm getting that. I always got that confused with Cinco de Mayo. I was totally wrong. I think the Americans use Cinco de Mayo as a thing to be like, ay, 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 tacos and margaritas for $5. Yes. Um, <laughs> more. It's so like it's more popular one. in the United States than Mexico. And Cinco de Mayo has become associated with the celebration of Mexican-American culture. <laughs> I like the way you said culture. Culture. The celebrations began in California where they have been observed annually since 1863. The day gained nationwide popularity beyond those of Mexican-American heritage in the 1980s due to advertising campaigns by beer, wine and tequila companies. Yeah, it's all like commercialised. Yeah, today Cinco de Mayo generates beer sales on par with the Super Bowl. So I, I'm getting confused with Dia de los Muertos because I thought on Cinco de Mayo people wear the skull But I think that's the whole thing because people don't even know what they're celebrating. Yeah. Like, wait, what are we celebrating? Okay, like, what is okay, this Okay, I'll wear a sombrero, but they don't even know what it's for. Yeah, and that's important to at least go on Wikipedia like we did. <laughs> Wickers is honestly fire. Oh, it's I so used it in college so much. So, I have... This one has really been bothering me. St. Stephen's Day versus Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. I refuse to say Boxing Day. Well, when, yeah. You know, but you know the way Irish people come over here and they start saying Boxing Day oh, no, 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 and no, 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 whatever. No. I understand it's easier. I, out of principle, won't do it. So I'll always say St. Stephen's Day. Mm-hmm. English people say Boxing Day. I never knew the difference. I just thought it was maybe because mm. we're more Catholic. We say St. Stephen's Day. However, that's not the case. St. Stephen's Day is a Christian saint's day to commemorate St. Stephen. Pretty straightforward. And he was the first Christian martyr. And it's on the 26th of December. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually in Western Christianity. However, Boxing Day, mm-hmm. the UK people say, 26th of December, it refers to Christmas, a Christmas box that was traditionally given to servants and tradespeople containing money and a gift and sometimes leftover food. I'm so surprised by that. I always thought it was just called Boxing Day because there was always a boxing match on. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, like Leprechaun Races Day. I thought it was a bit like, yeah, there's there will be like a bit of the sport on. Yeah. I think whoever's behind Boxing UK said, hey, I think we should put the boxing on this day. So I think it's like a, it must now be like a convenient. Is there boxing on that day? I always think there is. I just feel like some of these things, <laughs> they're not cohesive. Mm-mm. I feel like a governing body needs to come together in on a global scale. And rename something. We should head this board. Next. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I would like each... Actually, do you know what I would like? Each of the days to come as a committee and present to us why they are what they are and why they deserve a slot in the calendar. Well, you know the movie Santa Claus? Which one? The Santa Claus with Tim Allen? Yeah. The yeah. second one where he's in the North Pole yeah, as Santa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The committee that all comes together. It's like Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Father Time, the Tooth Fairy, Cupid. Okay. Jack Frost. 
which yeah. is the whole arc of the third one. <laughs> we want to be that committee, basically. Yeah. Mother Nature. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like that kind of a committee. Yeah, basically like the UN of, of make believe. <laughs> of, of the clouds. <laughs> of shit that's really not that important. <laughs> of, yeah, we bigger fish to fry. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Tell well, us why you're relevant. <laughs> I'm dying to hear about this next one. Oink, oink, bitches. It's time for Hogmanay. So- I don't want any hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> so Hogmanay is the Scots word for the last day of the old year and is synonymous with the celebration of the new year in the Scottish manner. That was a shit accent. I can't. Scottish. Scotland. I can't do it properly. <laughs> Sorry, back to hogwash. Okay. The origins of Hogmanay are unclear, but it may be derived from Norse and Gaelic observances of the winter solstice. Customs uh, throughout Scotland vary and usually include gift giving and visiting home of friends and neighbours with special attention given to the first foot, which is the first guest of the new year. The first person coming in the door, like. Yeah. There are many customs, both national and local, associated with Hogmanay. First footing is like the most widespread tradition and which starts immediately after midnight. This involves being the first person to cross the threshold of a friend or neighbour and often involves giving of symbolic gifts such as salt, coal, shortbread, whiskey, black bun, intended to bring different kinds of luck to the household owner. Coal? Yeah, well like for fuel. Oh, I was going to say it sounds like Three Kings type vibe. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there's no uh, frankincense in there. Oh, okay. I like this. Um, So basically you have a party and like the guests come in. So the first footing is in the door of your house at mid- just after midnight. Oh, it doesn't matter who comes in. It's just. Well, like, like it's, it's someone who you've invited. Oh. Like you'd invite a neighbour or a friend friend. It wouldn't be just like a stranger. Bay. <laughs> yeah. This may go on throughout the early hours of the morning and well into the next day. And the first foot is supposed to set luck for the rest of the year. Traditionally, a tall, dark and handsome man preferred as the first foot. Oh, that sounds like my type of celebration. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like local hogmany customs. And in Aberdeenshire is the custom of the fireball swinging that takes place. This involves local people making up balls of chicken wire filled with old newspapers, sticks, rags and other flammable material up into the diameter of two feet. Attached to wire chain as the old town house bell sounds to mark the new year, the balls are set alight and the swingers set off up into the high street and back swinging the burning balls around their head as they go. And at the end of the ceremony, any fireballs that are still burning are cast into the harbour. There's also the bakers in St. Andrews bake special cakes for their Hogmanay celebration and it's known as Cake Day. I'd love some shortbread. I'd love some Cake Day. It's kind of every day in my world. And the last, the main, oh, you'll know this, Hogmanay custom is singing Old Lang Sai. My mum hates that. Really? It's big, so everybody sings it. And even, we, I'm sure we sing it at New Year's. And oh, my mum won't let that be sang. Oh, really? It's, it's common to sing it in a circle of linked arms that are crossed over one another as the, as the clock strikes midnight. So you switch. It's quite magical. It's really cool. Um, you know that bit in Sex and City movie where you're just like, mm. Fire on that ain't mine, my mm. dear. Fire on 
to Miranda thinking she's a fucking hero in stilettos and you're a, not alone in a glittery beret and like Gucci pyjamas she's wearing a fur coat as well it's pretty fabulous and yeah Edinburgh is where it's at for Hogmanay celebrations it was recognised in the Guinness Book of Records for the world's largest New Year's party with approximately 400,000 people in attendance yeah it's massive there then they had to cut back the numbers for safety concerns and it's actually in the later noughties 2003 to 2007 it kept getting called off for heavy high winds and heavy rain I was about to say the winds up there are insane yeah so yeah I'd love to do a New Year's in Scotland thank you for that hogwash that to me is like a worthwhile New Year's I really want to like New Year's I really do everybody else hates it nobody else wants to make it special and I'm neither here nor there I don't really have a problem with it but I, I feel like it's a reason it's got a your night's got a focal point you know the countdown's on the champagne's chilling well probably the Prosecco and you're like woo whereas like everybody just hates it no do you know what it is I think it's after Christmas like people are like oh they're full of turkey mm. and stuffing yeah they've been drinking and eating like hogs <laughs> and then you know it's kind of Stephen's day then it's kind of like, it's the last hurdle. Yeah, it is. But like, you're through the crimbo limbo. You're probably away from your family at this point. And you know, it's like, I I really wish it was more palatable amongst my peers. But I remember one year we did New Year's in Dublin. And it was a bit like, whoever's around, just like pop it, swing in, we'll mark it. Or Where? whatever, it's not a big one. We we're just in some pub in town. <laughs> we were with this guy we don't re- didn't really know that well. And... <laughs> He, he was up at the bar buying loads of shots for the countdown. And speaking of America, this person might have said this lad spent a bit too much time in America. So the shots get passed around and we're doing the cheers and news. And he goes, here's to making some fucking money in 2017. And everyone there was like, not that kind of crowd being like, Jamaican money. <laughs> I was like, and then we were like, the whole rest of the night, we were like, Make money, money, make money, money, <laughs> make money, money, make money, money, shots. It's like, it was just so American, so American. It's very Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, making some fucking money. And I was like, I am on, like, I was really sure I was an intern. I was like, I'm on I'm like, like 12K. <laughs> yeah. They basically, the only perk I have is they pay my dart fare. Like, I'm not making any money. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. But to making money in 2023, to be fair. Make money, money, make money, money. Thank you so much for listening this week about hogwash, Turkey Day, Guy Fawkes, Stephen's Day. April Fool, Fool, Fool. You're a fool. Follow the fool. We hope you learned some bits. We hope you think that, like us, it too is time to reevaluate what we celebrate and what we don't. Yeah. I think a rule of thumb is don't celebrate if you don't understand what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like going to a party and be like, hey, whose birthday is this? And yeah. Like, it's just, my birthday. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, just educate yourself. Um, but we hope you learned a bit. If you guys want to send us some more that you don't understand and that you'd like us to interpret. Google for you, basically. Via speech or dance. 
Yeah. Please let us know on Instagram. You can find us at at Cabana or at Soph underscore Lions. Thank you very much for continuing to listen. We can see our numbers skyrocketing every week. Yeah, flying high. And we're very appreciative. We hope you're keeping warm in this. It's very cold oh, outside. No. Um, November. How did we get here? It's buzzy though, no? It is buzzy. And that's what I watched um, actually a film. Sorry, I actually watched a film, would you believe? In Bruges. Has not aged well. I'll tell you that much. But it's... <laughs> what am I joking about? <laughs> I've been inside for a long time today, but it, it, it has like a Christmas scene and it was actually getting me kind of giddy because I feel like Christmas is such a focal point for the middle of the winter. I think you really just feel the darkness on the other side of the year. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Go on, I, good luck, we... goodbye. <laughs> See you later. We hope you have a nice week and Clara <laughs> won't be drunk next time. Clara's going to the hospital. <laughs> Cheerio. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.